0: Recorded live from Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles in West Bend, Wisconsin, this is the Crimson Cowl Comic Club Podcast.
1: Holy Hannah, I'm Anthony.
2: I'm Katie.
1: And though I'm the only David at the table, I'm still Kurt's (laughs) Stan. You could have taken the sole claim of the David. I like Um, being Kurt's Stan, that's okay. That's (laughs) respectful, I can can respect that. Uh, Welcome to issue number 18 of the Crimson Cowl Comic Book Club podcast. First half of the show we go around and talk about our club picks, and the back half we talk about uh, non-spoilers for uh, favorite books of the week, we talk about some news and things like that. But the first half is all spoilers, and our club pick is Avengers number 683, which is part 9 of 16 for the uh, gigantic series of Avengers No Surrender. Jarvis's life hangs by a thread. Only by voyaging into Jarvis's mind can the beast save him. But what terrible secret is lurking inside the memory of the Avengers' loyal butler? So, last week we talked about the um, Jarvis giving the big warning about him crying out that it's all a lie, it's all a lie. Um, but then that was immediately interrupted by that uh, last Pyramoid that came crashing Zooming into in. the... Yeah. yeah. They decided to place that last one where we had talked about last week saying how they put him out into big open battlefields and scenarios and stuff like that, whereas this one was just right in the middle of like a hospital... And, uh... emergency room and all that so chaos ensued Um this issue kicked off with uh... lightning uh... showing up with uh... the u.s avengers at their uh... auxiliary headquarters and they've been trying to get uh... voyager as she's been charging up and they wanted to get voyager to um basically take rogues team and they had you know captured uh... uh... corvius glaive we saw that a couple issues back so we see them uh constantly talking about you know where's voyager we need Ooh. voyager <laughs> and i have a feeling you get you're yeah. going to you're going to chime in with some information a little bit later with this particular <laughs> issue um, but yeah they immediately uh realize that the Pyramort has landed uh or the fifth doohickey, as uh, they called it i like that <laughs> yeah
3: Technical um, terms, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: As they, we cut back to the hospital right away for the action. Uh, we saw like the what the souls of the of the people that what died at the hospital. I think that was something that they yeah. had guessed. Um, basically, attacking, you know, the the staff and the patients, and them just trying to figure out what's going on. As Jarvis has been in uh, critical condition, as Hank and uh, Nadia Pym have been taking. Uh, Taking watch over him and trying to research what exactly is going on. Um, and the only way to really inspect that is uh, to use some pin particles and uh, shrink, shrink down. down. So, yes, uh, but you would think, you know, the wasp would be the one to take it. Um, but to be surprised, basically, he's the one that gets uh, zapped by Nadia as she plans to want to take the sacrifice for the pyramid. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that kind of, I mean, I, I guess you don't see that in the cover at all, um, so that did kind of catch me yeah. off guard, mm-hmm. you know, that good surprise. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, big surprise, though though she's been hinting that more and more this is her responsibility, and she's got to be the one who gets out there and does things, so.
1: So yeah, his, uh, Beast is uh, basically shrunken down, and uh, she goes out for the Pyramoid as she's about to touch it, and we've all seen what happens when somebody uh, touches one of the doohickeys, and uh but she gets basic away, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and she's kind of questioning what's going on. She even tries to use pin particles on that to shrink that down, but nothing she does affects it at all, um, yeah, and then we cut back to her, just going and uh kind of controlling the situation and helping the uh the people in the hospital, and she shrinks them down she's yep. sure shrinking a lot of people at though yep. mm-hmm. so we do get a quick
3: view of. Beast oh swimming yes, yes. through the blood system to get to the to that virus or whatever it is. Yeah, like he's
1: that. on his way uh, way to the brain, as we see later, as he's yeah. trying to this pathogen. Um, and then we see his line, "Holy Hannah," um, <laughs> which may or may not have been inspired by the opening of this. You know. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways, uh, wasp as she's uh, rescuing some people. Uh, there we cut back to Beast as now he's uh, basically on the surface of the brain of uh, Jarvis as he's got this, uh, the uh, the anecdote, the, uh, the cure, the whatever they're uh, referring to it as, as he wants to go in and uh, that's when he gets this amazing splash page when he's uh, ready to, you know, st- stab Jarvis I and mean, he sees that Jarvis has seen everything, everything you know. Yeah. He's been there since the beginning through thick and thin, and we see a good, like, kind of a nice little montage, collage of uh, um, of all the Avengers art and history, even, like, the styles and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and Wonder Man in his trench coat there, yep. and uh, <laughs> old Iron Man armor. The old uh,
3: Scarlet Witch <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh, We've got some old Carol Danvers, Miss Marvel in there. So, yeah, it's cool little... Uh, History lesson panel there to be able to draw all that the Avengers in history there, uh, but yeah, as he's going through, that's when he uh, comes across the uh, the infection, the the alien <laughs> pathogen in the form of this giant, you know, gray blob. Tentacle. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, he comes face to face with that, and as he's uh, going into uh, with the anecdote, uh, that is when. He gets caught up in the tentacles, and the gun, of course, slips away. <laughs> and uh, just when you think Beast, you know, because he he goes through, he talks about how, you know, he should be out there sacrificing his life for grabbing the doohickey, and and but now he's in here, and you know, his life. Now he's sacrificing his life, but now he's typically You're gonna fail. Sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. Uh until the wasp uh shows up once again as she uh decides to join him in inside of uh Jarvis's head, I guess. And then flies him out after she zaps the <laughs> Yeah, so she comes in for the save, they come out and uh she uh they, they they look at the doohickey sitting there. And this is when uh one of our longtime favorite characters of Avengers history <laughs> The Voyager um and now uh, all these weeks that you've been saying it for uh nine weeks now, uh you've been wondering who this character was. All of us we've seen has been a- infected, but you you've I am Jarvis. I, I know she's a fa- <laughs> Yeah, I mean this an all compliment. You've been our Jarvis for this whole comic book club. Uh, um so yeah, when she gets there and uh that's when Jarvis is starting to scream out because they're all excited. Hey, Voyager's here. Uh, but Jarvis is the one saying, you know, this is what I've been saying. Your mind has been altered. <laughs> there is no Valerie Vector. <laughs> She's not an Avenger, and she never was. And this is when my childhood was crushed right here. <laughs> so like, sad. all the merchandise that's sitting at home, I just saw fading away, like the picture in the Back, <laughs> Back of the Future. It was like going away from me and... <laughs> all this what I believe to, has just been unwritten just by this uh, comic here this moment <laughs> yeah as Voyager uh, basically uh, and yeah. then they say what I say then who is So yeah, it's uh and you were the first person I thought of when uh <laughs> when reading this, cause you bring That's it up so every time. I yeah, that
3: feels so good. When I when I try
1: to sell sell it, it's no luck there, but we have been betrayed. <laughs> but of course it'll be continued next week as we see in what she warped away with the uh pyramid. Yeah. The slash doohickey. Um but yeah, that was, uh, felt like it was pretty quick, but very action-packed, very action-paced, and, and all, you know, mostly concentrated on, you know, the the mystery of Jarvis this whole time, and finally, you know, now the Voyager mystery as well, so. <laughs> Plus, yes?
2: I was just going to say, it was a good payoff of the past couple of months. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. And uh, and it helped with me that I uh, decided to uh, read it this morning. Normally, I'd read it, like, first thing <laughs> on Wednesday, and then three, four days later, I'm trying to, like, oh what's going what on? So I found that it... Uh, but it raises some new
3: questions. Remember, challenge. the challenger has been saying all along, mm-hmm. well, I have this secret pawn out there. Yes, And because yes. they've been showing us blinks of the Hulk, we've been assuming it's the Hulk. Yeah, yeah. But maybe...
1: This was the pawn <laughs> yeah. the whole time. This was
3: the pawn. Oh, was a couple of weeks ago, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this would, be the, this
1: would be the first time that Hulk wasn't the last page for the last three yeah. issues, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And I know he's teased for the cover of uh, number 10, which yeah. I think is Next. finally coming up. Yep. Yeah,
2: because it has to be Hulk and you.
1: I mean. yeah. yeah, that's right. It's, the Hulk and you. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, any other thoughts like going just out of that comic or just kind of the development? And you definitely brought that great little insight there to... <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, it's I think it's been a really good series. Yeah. They've done a good job with throwing in some things that make us stop and think. There's been a lot of adventure. This was interesting cuz I thought this issue slowed down a little bit on the okay. action. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. to yeah. kind of I think set the stage for what's to come by giving us some information. Yeah, as far as we've like, been waiting for.
1: Yeah, as far as the overall uh game and everything like yeah.
3: that, but So I think you know the the pacing has been good for the story they're telling and I, I I always appreciate that
1: in a series, when they Mm
3: -hmm. get that piece right.
1: (laughs) And, you know, we're reading an Avengers title, and while we have some, you know, Avengers in and out here, but it's mostly been, you know, your non-typical Avengers. Yeah, Avengers, yeah. So, yeah, that's been a... Yeah, to say that an Avengers title for nine issues in a row has been this entertaining... Without Captain America, without Tony Stark, without Thor, like all of the essentials, you know, we had Voyager the whole time, but we found that was all just a twisted lie. So, but yeah, it's a lie. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, without any uh, other, I think that will close it out for the spoilers. Sounds good. Welcome to the non-spoiler section, in which we go around the table and talk about the books that we've been reading. Uh, One of my picks, and may even be my pick of the week, I absolutely love this debut issue of Oblivion Song by Robert Kirkman and Lorenzo de Felici. Um, Robert Kirkman, of course, co-creator of uh, The Walking Dead. He had recently wrapped up a long, epic run of uh, Invincible, his other image uh, series, And he's got Outcast going as well for the last couple years. So whenever Robert Kirkman's name pops up, uh, there's a lot of eyes being like, okay, The Walking Dead creator, what else is he doing? So I was definitely going to pick up the number one. Um, This is about, uh, basically, Oblivion is this alien dimension that I want to say it was like Philadelphia, something like that, within America where... um, is basically attacked by aliens. They were able to get people to uh, a safe spot, and Oblivion is just kind of lives off in the distance. But there's a our uh, cover hero here who basically goes through uh, portal jumping to try to rescue people from this monster-ridden land, and they have. Uh, they had thought that, hey, maybe we had saved everybody, it's too dangerous, let's not, the government had eventually said, hey, we're not funding uh, to go in there anymore. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and this guy has a very particular mission on why he risks his life and goes in there to try to look for people, um, and that's, you know, one reason I'll, or one plot point I'll leave for those of you who are interested in reading it. But yeah, it was a very fast-paced issue. I listened to a podcast in which uh, Robert Kirkman recently uh, talked about the development of this book. He didn't dive into detail really about what the the premise was or anything. But he talked about it being a very fast-paced title. He's one that kind of plans a lot out in advance. And he had said, like, by issue 30, this is going to be a a very different book than what it is right now. But this issue, very fast-paced opens up with a giant action sequence of a guy fighting aliens trying to save uh, people lost in this uh, dimension here and once you start figuring out his reasons for going in there time and time again beyond the government saying no that's what really sets up this issue so by issue one you really get to know what you're getting into you get all the little pieces and i thought it was a a great way like uh, to introduce all these characters and you see all their motives and you know you see his relationships with friends and and romantic relationships all of that packed in one issue it was a normal sized issue too so I thought it was an excellent debut to a new series so Oblivion Song uh check that out and, and uh one little tease uh the reason why it's called Oblivion Song Um, there's actually a really cool definition behind it, so, I'll lead to anyone who wants to read that yet, uh, we'll find out why it's Oblivion song. Yeah.
2: Okay, so today I want to talk about Captain America, number 699. This is the Out of Time series. So, on the cover we have, uh, the Hulk and the Thing, uh, Having a very heated argument that is about to come to blows, but our hero Captain America is saying, "Stop, guys! Let's let's talk this out." So, I want to talk about 6.99 on its own right, but also uh, the issue coming up right after this that we've seen in the previews is 700, which is a big issue for any comic and um, you know a big deal for Cap. So, in this story, it's America 2025, and Captain America has once again been taken out of his time, as the title tells us, and has woken up in a very different future. (laughs) And things are not great. Um, There was a cataclysmic event, and the powers that be changed hands very quickly, and now uh, America has been co-opted by a tyrannical group of people um, and who is being led by someone who calls themselves King Babington. And it is up to Captain America to... Uh, help lead this group of young people who are resisting uh, the problems they see going around them and, you know, the kind of military encroachment to try and make things right. And that's what they've been doing this series. And if you're like uh, me and wondering why the Hulk and the Thing are in it, because I thought maybe it was just like a cool variant cover. Well, yeah, that'd be awesome. So we find out that... The Thing has been misled in his role in all this. He thought that he was the only one who could help out and keep people safe, but turns out that's not true, and Banner has been told the same thing, and it's not looking great. So, will Cap save the day? Uh, Check out issue 699 and pre-order 700 to find out what happens when Captain America is once again out of time.
1: What was interesting in the issue prior to this, when you mentioned 2025, mm-hmm. now he like comes out of the ice because two issues before that, you know, he's yeah. frozen in ice, he wakes up and he sees like the destruction of America and he's just like wondering, you know, I'm out of time again, you know, has it been another like yeah. 50, 70 years, <laughs> whatever it be. And he was shocked to or find six. out. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Well, he fears or he yeah. was shocked that it was only 2025 yeah. that it was just like. It wasn't that He wasn't yeah. frozen that long, and this is how everything was destroyed since... Uh. I was kept, I'd be avoiding ice water. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> just a side note,
2: um, I know in our time, it's not quite 2025 yet. Is this and the previous series set a couple years beforehand? I feel well,
1: like the was? the current time, like, a lot of you know, these comics will take place in our current time, but ah. even though, like... So, before this out-of-time issue began... It was present day, like our time. And so, yeah, so technically, you know, they don't usually say like, oh, it's 2018. But, you know, it's still a modern tale because it's when it came back to the legacy renumbering. It was post-Secret Empire where Steve Rogers is uh, basically on a road to redemption. Mm -hmm. So a couple issues leading up to this. Were a bunch of single issues of him just helping people around America and just kind of reclaiming his name after all the Hydra stuff that had went down with the evil Steve Rogers, aka Stevel, and uh, um, so it was you know current time dealing with everything that's happening and then the the villain uh, from that story led into this one here. So yeah.
2: and uh, Home of the Brave, which is leading up to this, I thought was also really entertaining and fun and. Just a little note, they do Cap's Corner at the end where they're asking, What does Captain America Mm, mean to you? I really look forward to this because I love Cap and I like hearing what he means to other people. And, you know, because he embodies or is, you know, supposed to embody everything that is good and things that are right and, you know, fighting for the truth and justice. And I just like to hear other people's take on that. So that's another cool little special thing.
1: Yeah, it's been a nice follow up to The Secret Empire, even though I love that, the storytelling of that. But, you know, if anybody was waiting for, you know, their Captain America to be back, you know, they're definitely seeing it in the current pages. So. Yeah. Good. Cool.
3: Well, number one from, uh, this is first edition of Gideon Falls, put yes. out by Image Comics. Um, Jeff Lemire, Andrea Sorrentino, and Dave Stewart do this particular comic. Um, it's creepy. <laughs> That's exactly how I described it. <laughs> If you want to read a nice, creepy story, this is the one. Um, It is basically two characters are coming closer to closer together to face the evil that is in Gideon Falls. A person who seems kind of psychotic, searching around for little pieces of um, something that they'll tell you in the book. And a priest who shows up in Gideon Falls struggling with his faith and um, is drawn in by dreams and nightmares and visions into the same sort of look. And the artwork is just great, because it's creepy artwork, too. Um, So if you're looking for a good scare, this is the beginning of a story I think is going to be really interesting, and I look forward to what's going to be happening in Gideon Falls. Yeah, this creative team
1: uh, was from the Old Man Logan when uh, Post-Secret Wars, when Old Man Logan got an ongoing series based off of the mini series from 10 years ago. Uh, this creative team over at Marvel was doing that, and there's a lot of, kind of like how you mentioned, like Cap's Corner, where there's back matter to the, to read at the end of the issue. This one has a couple pages from Jeff Lemire, who is talking about how much this story's been developing basically over it's the last 20 years. years. <laughs> like, where he basically took two different story ideas that he's been having trouble with, and when he, yeah, <laughs> was able to merge them, and after working with uh, Andrea on the uh, Old Man Logan series, they've been silently talking about their own creator own work, but they're like, oh, we're both contracted at Marvel right now. Um, and then finally this happened, and once he brought on that artist... It kind of, like, helped push him out, because Jeff Lemire does a lot of his own art for a lot of his series as well, um, but by him bringing in a partner on this basically helped this several-year dream finally come true, but Creepy was exactly... Yep. Very described. Stephen King-ish. If ish you, yeah, If yeah. you're a Stephen King fan,
3: this probably will be right down your alley.
1: And <laughs> I was comparing it to the other image, number one, being Oblivion Song, where Oblivion Song, in that first issue... Really gave you a lot being like, you know what this story is going here. This one, very entertaining, but the opposite where there's just so much mystery (laughs) in that first issue. And that just kind of shows the diversity of storytelling uh, from both, you know, series debuts from high-end creators here. That uh, you can have one where they give you everything and one where they don't give you everything, (laughs) but you want more from both. So, Yeah. yeah, absolutely love that one as well. Then, uh, next on the list, I believe, is going to be X-Men Red number 2. Uh, we had talked about this one post-Phoenix the Phoenix Resurrection, as we talked about uh, a couple issues back on the podcast. Uh, we chimed in with issue number 1, and we had talked about how, if you were looking for Jean Grey and uh, the aftermath of Phoenix Resurrection, you weren't getting that here because she wasn't dealing with uh, the characters, the other classic X-Men characters that however is currently in the may previews book for x-men annual number 1 which will basically maybe serve as like an issue 0 i guess in a way mm-hmm. and kind of show you uh the direct fallout from uh phoenix resurrection so with x-men red number 2 uh she has established her own team we talked about how uh she and the help of others uh we have namor and uh t'challa and her own team basically wanting to create uh, their own mutant nation, be part of the UN, and uh, at the end of the last issue, there was basically a framed murder that uh, made Jean Grey look pretty bad in front of the UN, and uh, and this is dealing with the fallout of that. One thing I remember, uh, the first David that you hear in the opening, uh, normally on the podcast here... (laughs) We were talking about how one of the X-Men Red team members, uh, Trinary, I guess is maybe how you pronounce it, how she was in the lineup, but she wasn't in the issue anywhere. And this issue is all about her. And she's basically uh, this uh, mutant from India in which Jean Grey and her team are alerted of because uh, she's been jailed for whatever that may be, which you do find out in the comic here. She's been jailed for using her mutant power... And uh, Jean Grey and the team want to go in and protect her. Uh, and uh, this much like last week when I talked about uh, Laura Kinney's um clone Gabby, aka Honey Badger, and the fun <laughs> in that book with the zombie sloths and all that stuff. I ordered it because of that, did record, you? So. <laughs> there we go. And uh, well, Gabby is, is part of this team too because Tom Taylor is the writer of all new Wolverine as well as X-Men Red and uh Gabby has a lot of comedic moments in this book as well which uh led me to tweet Marvel just saying put her in every book please because she's she's the she's a rising star when it comes to characters but X-Men Red I I thought it was an excellent issue to explain this brand new character Trinary that uh we were left wondering, you know, where she was in that first issue and we jump right into it but uh yeah, I I I really like the second issue a lot, so that's that. And then uh, what's the next one on the list there?
3: Number one for me would be The Spider King, and I saw you have a copy of it too there. Very interesting book. I think the author um, kind of in his little thing at the end gives us the best. He says, you know what I really love? unexpected flavor combinations. I love taking two foods that have no business being anywhere near each other, smashing them together and putting them in my mouth. Peanut butter and jelly, bacon and banana, chili chocolate, take my word for it, watermelon and feta cheese will change your life. And here he smashes together space aliens and Vikings. (laughs) And it does make for an interesting story. The artwork in it is interesting in that it's a much... Rougher sort of art form. It's kind of
1: Mike McNola yeah. Hellboy type yeah. of. Yeah,
3: and I'm and and normally that artwork doesn't work for me, but in this story, it really does. It kind of gives us that sense that you know we're in Viking times, things are rough, mm-hmm. and um, if you want to know what happens when Vikings crash into aliens, this is the book. For
1: <laughs> yeah, and that art, uh, Simone Dr. Armini and Adrian Block, but yeah, that was the first thing I thought of where, yeah, it did kind of have that kind of Hellboy type of vibe with that. Yeah,
3: but it, it was, it's fun, you know, it's, it, it's an interesting combination. He's right. Strange combinations mm. of fun. <laughs> <laughs>
1: good, good, good. Uh, Infinity Countdown number one. I see. I saw both. Yes, we both two. have that. Why I have, do you
3: take this
2: one? <laughs> oh, okay. Mine's at
1: home, but sure. I read it.
2: So, Infinity <laughs> Countdown number one. This is following up to uh, what we saw in Infinity Prime. So this is kind of catching up with who has all the Infinity Stones and what have they been doing, um, and throughout the Marvel Universe, past couple months, the Infinity Stones are tracking throughout. Uh, we've seen them in Guardian books, we've seen them in Wolverine books, uh, Captain Marvel has one, and as well as some of the Nova Corps members, and Ultron, and Super Skrull, Turk, Barret, and Wolverine. Um, I actually... <laughs> there's a cool feature I they, really like. Yes, I like they have the They little graph. Yeah. <laughs>
1: They do give you a little that graph helps of a lot. where they are and yeah, who's the, got yeah. them. And the lead-in issues with the Adam Warlock <laughs> yeah. uh, one-off and the Infinity yep. Prime that you had mentioned... Both of those, have they've done a very good job of being like, have you read any of this? Because if you didn't, here's basically yeah, the cliff notes up. to and it. And that's yeah.
2: what a lot of this is. So a big piece of action um, is...
1: This really
3: focuses on the Guardians
2: that, of the Galaxy. Yeah, this that's, particular that's, one that's
1: one. Nice. And Ant-Man, who's been a recent member yeah. of Remember just the Guardian, joined. Yeah.
2: yeah, so like in the all-new Guardians, they um, were kind of investigating the Nova Corps and also investigating why Baby Groot wasn't growing. And it turns out that on a faraway planet, there is an elder of the universe called the Gardener, who went mad and was planting all kinds of evil Groots, and that was affecting our little baby Groots. So this is the culmination of that, and the showdown. The Guardians are confronting the Gardener, and they are trying to wipe out all the evil uh, Flora Colossus trees. I, can't, yeah. I don't want to call yeah, them evil Groots, because that will get confusing. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, Uh, We also find out what has happened uh, to Drax, because Drax has said, I'm done fighting, I don't want to be the destroyer. No violence right now, he's sworn it off, he's doing pacifist (laughs) things. Well, things really just don't go Drax's way, because he's Drax the destroyer, so there always has to be something for him to destroy.
3: And that part of the story is focusing on what's happening with the Power Stone. Mm -hmm. Yes, the very gigantic Power Stone. Power Stone that Drax and some of the Nova Corps are protecting.
2: Um, what else? What, what do you think, Kurt Dad? I, I would boy? think that
3: the one thing that would entice people to read this is if you think you've seen Groot You have not seen Groot. Yeah,
1: you really haven't. And And
3: if you want to know about Groot, you have to read Infinity. (laughs)
1: Countdown number one.
3: As someone who's... uh, I've
1: read, I think, maybe everything Groot's been in, including his original, original origins, which, uh, if you're fans of that, then you'll probably be a fan of this book. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. you get some... You get uh, amazing insight into Groot.
2: And then the last (laughs) two pages are completely diverting from that story to... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah um, an individual who we thought was no longer... Among with us. us. Yeah. Um, and... Though I
3: kind of expect, expected they still were somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So, someone who's not been on the radar has appeared recently. They're a pretty big player in the recent Avengers. Um, and... They have been requested to take care of an Infinity Stone.
1: Yeah, so that was a nice little, yeah, like you said, a little turn away from this Guardian-centric issue to kind of throw in that little backup there. But but yeah, this one is uh, Infinity Countdown. It's part of, was it five issues as the main series? And then there's a bunch of little tie-ins that are starting to weave in. And uh, individual books they'll be throwing in.
2: Captain Marvel, Daredevil, Dark Hawk, Black Widow. Champions and then more Darkhawk
1: and Champions. yeah, we had talked about that. How Darkhawk, you know, all those were one shots until you mentioned Darkhawk, and that mm-hmm. one's getting a four issue. Yeah,
3: and maybe because he's been off the radar for a while, and well, so people is he... are
1: that one. He's not knowing, oh, uh, so yeah, that that one I'm curious. You know, it's kind of interesting because I don't think you would think like, oh, one when, one's going to be the big return of Darkhawk. I don't think anyone's asking that. <laughs> so I'm curious to see what uh, how that'll play out. That they have some. Big plans for yeah. him then. So
2: oh, and uh, in the midst of the uh, Drax's battle, um, which is kind of parallel to what the Guardians have been doing, we have another monster show up. So the Jatauri are back again. Mm-hmm. So a lot has really happened in this issue, which is um, we're all kind of group collaborating on it because it's like oh that that happened. But yeah. if you've been reading Guardians of the Galaxy and we're kind of like sad that it wasn't getting the momentum that we had initially thought. Uh, This issue I felt like really kind of takes care of that, so yeah, that was Infinity Compton number one. And
3: I am getting an interesting vibe here that if people who've read the past Infinity series, Infinity Crusade, Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity Wars, um,
1: Infinity just Infinity, the main
3: focus has been on Earth Heroes versus Thanos. That's kind of the this seems to be pointing to the fact that this is going to be more intergalactic in mm-hmm. scope. Oh, yeah. Um, than past infinity sorts of things. And so that gives it an interesting flavor for me that we're kind of moving away from kind of a Earth-centered sort of vision of it to a much wider galactic sort of vision
1: of it. Maybe Voyager is going to be at the Oh. Who? <laughs> <laughs> we know she's alive.
2: Yeah, but, like, the Guardians haven't been on Earth, so maybe they don't know that yet. Like, we don't, we don't yet know where this came from, so... And the Guardians deal with Elders of the Universe all the time, so maybe... I don't know, guys. I guess we've got to keep reading the Yeah, this I guess. We're
3: going to have to find out. Yeah, as a
1: Marvel Cosmic fan, I think this is firing on all cylinders. Yeah, so. it is.
2: And the cover's pretty cool. Definitely.
1: All right. Last time Another number covers. one
3: here from Dynamite Green Hornet. Um... Old guys like me remember the original Green Hornet series, which was really great. We used to love it. Not the dynamic action things of stuff stuff today, but more kind of gimmicky, though you did have Bruce Lee as Kato. Um, But um, the Green Hornet within comics has been going through generations, and that's one of the things that this is kind of an interesting piece of. Um, the original Green Hornet, as we all know, was Britt Reid, his, uh, sidekick Kato was his butler Kato, but after Britt Reid Sr., we had Britt Reid Jr., <laughs> who took over as the Green Hornet, and Kato's daughter took over as the new Kato in the Green Hornet series, and now Britt Reid Jr. has disappeared, and what this comic begins to delve into is who will be the new Green Hornet because uh, now criminals are you know, brit has been gone for a while so now criminals are starting to act like well, there is no Green Hornet we can be chaotic yeah. and do everything now so there's a desperate need for a new Green Hornet and this, um, if Green Hornet has been something you've been interested in or following this is a good jump off point because we're getting into a break into a new Green Hornet sort of set and um, you will find out that the Green Hornet is new and different in very many ways. Exciting. I've read some Green
1: Hornet uh, back in the day. I think uh, Kevin Smith was my biggest introduction, just being a fan of him. And I'm like, oh, I've never read Green Hornet, but, you know, like the tie ins and stuff yeah. with, like, the Batman 66 and yeah. all that kind of stuff. I've read that kind of. I've read a lot of the older well.
3: Green Hornet and trade paperback, and I just ordered the um, Kevin Smith one uh the omnibus volume which is that second generation of green hornet where you have brook reid jr and kato's daughter are really now the green hornet kato um so i'll be interested to read that now this this introduces a new sort of understanding of who Hmm. the green hornet will be
1: excellent (laughs) anything else uh, around the table all right i think we'll move on over to the news And now, the news. In this news section, we're going to do part two of the previews. If you listen back to issue number 17, we started with the Marvel catalog, jumped into the big catalog, covering like Dark Horse and uh, the beginning uh, publishers. And we basically broke off, uh, stopped at the image, uh, before we jump into that, though, I think there was a couple you said for DC that kind of caught your yep. attention.
3: Well, you talked about Justice League, No Justice. We I did thought do that. that yeah, was interesting, and I even before I knew it was a club pick, I had already picked it. So there, there we go. Is. Excellent, um, Mr. Miracle. Yes. All right, I'm all in for Mr. Miracle whenever he comes out. So we're getting <laughs> another Mr. Miracle series. That is truly, I think, a really good thing. Um, Star Trek The Next Generation, through the mirror. I'm not sure who that who does that particular one, but it's... IDW, I think. IDW, okay. I think the interesting thing about that particular trade that's coming out is, if you're a Star Trek fan, um, the mirror universe has appeared within the regular Star Trek continuity, within the Deep Space Nine continuity... But I haven't seen yet where it's broken into the next generation continuity. So this is a okay. um, mere universe in next generation. And that kind of fascinated me. Um, I think the other ones I have are also in uh, some of the the ones you'll be talking about today. The only other one I really ordered that I'm excited about is um, Sherlock Holmes, The Vanishing Man. Uh, I, I love Sherlock Holmes. I haven't ever known of a Sherlock Holmes comic book before. So now. Nah. Here he is in
1: comic form. (laughs) Excellent. I think Um, he'd
2: do really well in comics too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think it's a
1: good series. Um, One thing that caught my attention when you kick off with the uh, image section of the catalog uh, Barrier number one of five, and it looks like it's going to be a weekly series. Now, as much as i'm excited about seeing like new independent you know number ones there gets to be a certain point where i'm like okay we just talked about two of them that i picked <laughs> up and you know i got to draw the line somewhere until i see that the story is by Brian K Vaughn Brian K Vaughn's done a lot of marvel work he is known for saga and uh, why the last man and he's got so many Big, you know he he's a big name so whenever he pops up i it just changed my mind completely being like all right I guess I'm buying him <laughs> this is a barrier uh is a science fiction comic that America needs right now uh quote from what i o nine um the website there and uh yeah I'm not too familiar with this but apparently it might be something that like debuted like in the past that they're kind of like recollecting um There's, I I don't know much about this. It was uh, was the first time I ever heard of it, but uh, seems like they're doing uh, um, they're kind of tying in some stuff with free comic book day by having kind of like a little little primer issue Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But you had me at Brian K. Vaughn, um, art by Marcos (laughs) Martin. I'm not uh, familiar there, but uh, BKV gets my uh, dollars. (laughs) <laughs> Pretty much. Um, there's a couple other uh, books that are coming out from Image. They usually have like a nice handful of number ones. Uh, Jim, one of the members of the club, we had a mini club meeting in front of the yogurt section at Piggly Wiggly <laughs> as he said that uh, he wouldn't be able to make it here and to I the wasn't club. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> um, The yogurt only club. Um <laughs> uh he he mentioned that uh, death or glory number 1 uh was something that caught his attention which is actually the cover of this giant previews catalog here um so that gets a spotlight from image comics and uh this one uh rick remender being a big name for uh writing some marvel comics as well um yeah uh, done some independent series recently too and so when you see his name you see all these big name creators and a lot of times when they come up with these series it uh it's probably something that you know you should look into but yeah that was one thing that uh jim jim wanted to mention for the club here um Did he talk you into it i'm still deciding <laughs> it is the gem of the month um i already got that uh, pkv v series um, but yeah i always wait till like one of the last weeks to send my list because I'm always just, you know, building it up and just uh yeah. And he also mentioned uh flavor number 1. Um this one the the names don't uh look familiar to me, but this is uh within a strange walled city, an unlicensed chef discovers a mystery that threatens to end it all. And uh yeah, so you got this uh you know, a more cartoonish type of style story here and uh Flavor number one. It's got a nice, nice fun name to it there. But that was one too that uh Jim had mentioned. Um I was gonna bring up his list here that he had posted on the Crimson Cowl Comic Book Club uh Facebook group. So if you're a member of the club, uh you get the invite for that, which uh can kinda continue the discussions. Um so he had mentioned those as well as uh Wormworld Saga. That He's, looks cool. Now, this one, is it in Image? I'm not familiar with uh, what that no, one was. No, I think
2: it's actually a little further on, so I tell okay. you
1: what, I will look for it. Okay, so we'll chime back to that when you're uh, ready Spawn there.
3: Witchblade almost that has me cool. sucked in. I was, you right? know, I have read both Spawn and Witchblade oh. off and on in the past. To combine them, that could be pretty interesting. But
1: yeah, and Witchblade's done a lot of crossovers. Like yeah. I haven't read them, but I just know that they do crossovers, like there's a Surfer one.
3: And this Years is set-in medieval times, so this is medieval spawn which
1: <laughs> um, One thing that I want to spotlight, we've talked about similar projects here. Um, unfortunately, when there's tragedies around the world, uh, a lot of them happening in America, they've brought together the comic creators, writers, and artists to create these anthology trade paperbacks. Um, and over on page 208 in Image Comics, they have Where We Live, a Las Vegas shooting benefit anthology. Um, they have that for 19.99, dollars 256 pages, lots and lots of big names there as uh, we've seen in the past. We talked about the Puerto Rico one we previewed, uh, which is probably going to be coming out shortly, I think. Um, they've had the Love is Love one dealing with the, uh, the Orlando uh, one as well. And, uh, yeah, so this one's got a couple pages here just kind of promoting it and just kind of talking about the heart that goes into this. Comic creators coming together to tell stories, and one of the biggest draws is that 100% of the proceeds uh, for Where We Live Anthology uh, will be donated to an existing GoFundMe campaign for the survivors in Las Vegas so uh it's been cool to kind of see comic creators in the community coming together does not matter where they're coming from when it comes to publisher contracts because you see brian michael bendis's name on here while at the time you know he's contracted to marvel but now he's over at dc and it's cool to see the cooperation of just you know putting all the the legal you know business yeah the business side and kind of using their talents tell their stories and get the message out there and kind of, you know, all in benefit for uh, these tragedies. So, so that's something to uh, look out for there, for sure. Um, over on page 264, I highlighted... Did you have your catalog. Oh, nope, 265. In your hand? <laughs> yes. <laughs> 265 is the beginning of uh, Aftershock Comics, which, uh, much like Image, they seem to be... Uh, at the forefront of a lot of new number ones. They've really been rising in the last year or two. Uh, Animosity is one of the best-selling series here at the Crimson Cull. That comes from Aftershock. Um, going back to me being... So that's what Arc, I believe. Oh, yes, yes, that's right. Um, for me, being drawn in by the writers, I talked about Brian K. Vaughan earlier. Uh, this one caught me with uh, Garth Ennis. Uh, Garth Ennis... Uh, Has a new series with uh, Goran uh, Saduka, A Walk Through Hell number 1. There's a quote that says, time for a horror story, I think. Time for another long, hard stare into deepest darkness. With the world in shape in these days, what else makes sense? This is a story about uh, two FBI agents who walk into a warehouse, dot, dot, dot. And then it kind of (laughs) goes into a long description there. Um... It was one of those where it was a quick page turn, just being like, "All right, I gotta, you know, make the cuts." And then that Garth Ennis name popped up. Who? Uh, oh no, another one. <laughs> yep. So he's known for uh, uh, Jimmy's Bastards, Dreaming Eagles, uh, a little title called Preacher. Um, yeah. Oh, and then uh, Goran, uh, the artist, uh, the artist on Why the Last Man and uh, Hellblazer. So there's some good talent on that book there. Um, so yeah, that's another one that's. Going to make it to my list. (laughs) One that I'm still debating, uh, being we're talking about Marvel Cosmic, one of the orchestrators of Marvel Cosmic from the beginning has been none other than writer-artist Jim Starlin. Jim Starlin, uh, creator of Thanos and Gamora and Drax, amongst many other characters, often the man behind uh, telling these Infinity stories that we talked Mm -hmm. about in the last segment, Um, Aftershock is doing, um, the art of Jim Starlin, a life in the words and pictures hardcover. This is a $50, 328 page full color format, um, on sale at the beginning of May, which is just kind of like a covering 40 years of his work and, uh, with some stories and art and concept and things like that. And, um, yeah, that's one of those things that, you know, it's a high... High ticket price there when you see it, but then it's you know there seems but if you're like into it's the
3: appreciation of the art of something, yeah then, yeah, then those kind of books capture you um
1: yeah, and then uh that's one thing that uh i'm still I'm still looking over, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that caught my attention, so for anybody out there that is into uh that um have you found the worm world thing? I have, yes. okay,
2: okay, so. Uh, Jim had recommended this and I think it looks really good too so it's called the Worm World Saga a Destiny in another Dimension this is for younger readers uh, age to twelve but what struck me is how absolutely gorgeous this artwork is like I cannot believe how cool it looks um it's just really colorful the what they're doing with the highlights and the low lights looks amazing um, now maybe I am incorrect. Is this based off of a book? Do any of you guys know? That I'm
1: not familiar with. I'm not familiar with it either. The title sounds familiar. Please write in. Yeah, Jim, let us know. Um,
2: The title sounds familiar, so I guess we'll find out. But uh, what it is about is a gorgeous fantasy epic that follows Jonas, a boy from our world, who stumbles into an alternate universe through a painting in his grandmother's attic. It closes, he must find another way home, and he begins his strange journey through the fascinating land, and he meets Rhea, who becomes his guardian in the new world. And there are many things Rhea is not telling Jonas, and this world is not peaceful. So, uh, the worm World saga uh, is coming out as a paperback, it's nine ninety nine. 99 um, and there's also a free comic book day kind of prequel issue to it. Let me look in the other
3: room. I think maybe you've seen it because they <laughs> ah. they had the individual okay. issues out of
2: here. Okay, interesting. <laughs> but it sounds like if you you know you have liked uh, Narnia or Harry Potter or you know someone who has, this would be a really good book for you.
1: It does the storybook type of art. It looks like from here, like very mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty gorgeous there. So yeah,
2: and then before and after it, there's a talking about art, two other ones that I think look super cool. Um, there's one called The Enchanted Chest, which kind of gives me a very Arthurian Legends vibe, um, with some kind of tapestry, illuminated artwork um, kind of things going on. It looks really, really cool. Um, this is uh, a good one also for younger readers and family. It's age four to seven. Um, but I just think it looks gorgeous, and I love myths and legends like that. So uh, it would be a good one to share. And then after that, there's Uthar the Blue, which I don't know. He just looks so forlorn. I want to find out what's wrong
1: with this boy. Why is he so blue? I don't know. Well,
2: okay. So the nerd in me is like, oh, is he like one of the early people in Britannia? Like when the Romans got there and they saw all the people painted blue? Is that what this is about? Oh, pics? Yeah. Maybe, right. But I have no idea. I could just be making that up. So uh, Uthar the Blue. Uthar is a. Barbarian, he just doesn't feel like slaying dragons today. He can't bring himself to banish Uber race to the ninth dimension. His gauntlet of a thousand souls has lost its luster. What is a melancholy barbarian to do?
1: Been there one too many times.
2: Yeah, so I guess <laughs> we'll find out for sixteen ninety nine, and it's got a really cute uh, picture book kind of vibe to the artwork, so... Looks pretty neat.
3: Followed by Uther meets Sigmund Freud. Yeah,
2: probably. <laughs> but the dragons are happy, though, because, I mean... They, get, they, get, they, get they don't day. get slayed. Yeah. But, so, yeah, those are some fun ones for maybe families to read together. So
1: it good. Um, over on page 287 is the start of the Archie comics. I was excited to see what I think was meant as a mini-series to kind of be extended. Uh, Betty and Veronica Vixens, which is when Betty and Veronica of the Archie <laughs> Universe decide that they want to ride motorcycles and beat up, you know... Uh, bad girls now. <laughs> yeah, beat up the, the serpents and, you know, and kind of, you know, it's a very uh, uh, woman power type of book and uh, they're starting a new arc, they have a new series artist, uh, but they're doing hunted part one so they're continuing on with the series i was very excited to see that that is happening now if you aren't a fan of uh the current uh take on archie where they're you know modernizing doing a lot of fun little spin-offs and crossovers and archie horror and a bunch of things like that let's say you want some classic archie well they're starting something new called betty and veronica friends forever number one um it's going to be a new series. Uh, it's going to, it says "Experience the Return of New Betty and Veronica stories in the classic Archie style. so it's brand new content, but being drawn and presented like and it's old an old style. and uh, so yeah, that got me to and reasonably throw that price just That's right. you can't go wrong with that <laughs> and I love Archie of all decades, and uh, I had to throw that one on there to go check out that one. so I was excited for that. Um, over in, uh, page 306, we have, uh, from Boom Sto- Studios, they have Coda, number one of twelve. Um, this is a brand new series here, twelve-issue limited series, oversized first issue. Um, in the aftermath of an apocalypse, uh, which wiped out nearly all magic from a once wondrous fantasy world, a former bard named Hum, a man of few words, so nicknamed because his standard reply is, Hmm. Seeks a way to save the soul of his wife with nothing but a foul-tempered mutant unicorn and his wits to protect him, but is unwillingly drawn into a brutal power struggle which will decide forever who rules the weird wasteland. So, what's this one called? This one is Coda Number One, C O D A. It's a twelve-issue mini. One I saw there, you know, just talking about this, uh, this uh, weird, you know, unicorn and all. It's got a lot of crazy stuff. Mixed into one, and with it being a twelve issue mini that might be a draw for some people too to you know that's from boom Studios that is our sound effect that we are joined by yet another David here at the podcast
0: oh yeah, I'm glad to glad to make it in here. I am super pumped to talk about Avengers and x men Red whatever I, oh. I can't wait let's get this underway.
1: you know we are already past those segments <laughs> um you're probably gonna have to subscribe to Crimson Cowl comics on iTunes podcast to hear about that oh. Sorry I guess I'll have to listen to the podcast That's a great plug for that Um, Over at Boom Studios I think it's uh, Something that I was So happy to see coming back A spotlight on Fraggle Rock Number 104 Over the last uh, several years They've had some uh, mini-series for comic books And in honor of the 35th anniversary Of Fraggle Rock um, They are doing another four-issue mini-series Which has me over the moon, uh, over the rock, if you will. Um, yeah, so I was I'm excited. I'm fragile rock. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I am uh, so pumped to you know revisit those characters. And <laughs> that's a I'm nice... afraid
3: I have to slip off, but you have another day to take my place, so okay, that's okay. Right. Right. You no one can ever <laughs> yeah. take your place.
0: Well,
1: We always have to have one yeah, day. It, yeah, we have one, we have one day. To Avengers, you
0: know. <laughs> you're leaving,
3: so like, yeah.
1: Have a wonderful week, everyone. You too. Thank you. Uh, over at Dynamite Comics, number page three thirty-four, uh, Gail Simone has a, her first return to Red Sonia since her two thousand fifteen award-winning run. Uh, Red Sonia and Tarzan are uh, existing in a six-issue miniseries here. Um, so that's uh, that was the first time I read Red Sonia was when I saw Gail Simone attached to it, you know, legendary Wonder Woman, Batgirl writer, currently uh, doing Domino, which is in pre-orders yep, for yep, Marvel. Yeah, just,
0: just starting up, um, so a lot of people are really pumped about that.
1: So yeah, to see her return to uh, Red Sonja, I think uh, probably has a lot of people uh, excited about that. Um, the, the She-Devil with a sword and the Lord of the Jungle together for the first time. Um, One thing that really caught my attention, I love original graphic novels um, and one of those is featured here called All Summer Long. This is uh, written, uh, drawn, and colored by Hope Larson. Uh, Hope Larson, who has uh, worked on some Batgirl titles. This is a coming-of-age, middle-grade graphic novel about summer and friendships, uh, written and illustrated by Eisner Award-winning uh, New York Times best-selling Hope Larson. Uh, it's a story about a 13-year-old uh, Bina, her name is, uh, has a long summer ahead of her. She and her best friend Austin usually do everything together, but he's off to soccer camp for a month, and he's been acting kind of weird lately anyway. So it's up to Bina to see how much fun she can have on her own. At first, it's a lot of guitar playing, boredom, and bad TV, but -hmm. things look up when she finds an unlikely companion in Austin's older sister who enjoys music just as much as her. Um... I was drawn in by kind of like the cover. They do have kind of a feature spotlight on this as well, but uh, and then seeing Hope Larson's name. But once again, just these one-off, like, middle-grade graphic novels. Um, one thing I haven't dove into details uh, so much, but I'll lightly talk about it in the coming weeks or months, that uh, I've been writing some comics, and one of the things I've been working on for the last several years, I guess, would fall into that kind of middle-grade type of graphic novel. Genre, so whenever there's anything like that, um, I usually am drawn to it and kind of you know inspired and kind of just shows you that once again, comic books aren't about you know f- like fantasy and monsters and superheroes and all that kind of stuff, that you know it's there to tell stories mm-hmm. through art. And uh, so all summer long, uh, plus with the attachment of Hope Larson doing all of the work um on this book here uh that's one thing that is available in soft cover and hard cover over on page 366 if anyone's interested anything else to chime in on that you can just jump in right there oh right okay
2: away. um we talked about it i think during the break but kurt's dad wanted oh, yes. to mention sherlock holmes um, and I'm pretty pumped about this too. So, Dynamite uh, is putting out a Sherlock Holmes story. It's Sherlock Holmes, The Vanishing Man. And it's challenging us to dare to be deductive. Um, it's on page 336. Uh, it's going to be one out of four. Uh, writers are Leo Moore and John Repian. Artist is Julius Ota. Um, so it says, Michael Williams is a family man, a reliable man at both work and home. When he disappears, there are no clues left behind. Now it is up to Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson to find out what's happened to him and what danger may be lurking around every corner in the case of the vanishing man. So I was searching my brain trying to remember if this is an original story of the writing or if it's an adapting, um, an existing one. But either way, I'm pretty excited for it. I know Kurtzdad was too, and I mean, I think Sherlock Holmes, given... The nature of mystery and how it unfolds will do really great in comics. This is going to be
1: cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, if you need some totally righteous and rude adventures in your life, uh, then Pizzasaurus Rex clearly delivers on that, which is a new series called Pizzasaurus Rex um, from Oni Press on page 406. Um, just the presentation, the bright colors, the name. Um, Pizzasaurus Rex is definitely gonna grab anyone's attention
0: yeah and i'll admit just looking (laughs) at it uh, just glancing when you had the page open before actually reading it or carefully looking i thought you had a page open to like a teenage mutant ninja turtles thing
1: yeah it definitely kind of rolls off of those vibes there but apparently this is illustrated by the archer storyboard artist uh archer the animated show uh justin wagner so that's uh that's an interesting uh and it looks like he wrote it as well too so yeah, that is uh, apparently oh, it's an advanced uh, solicit for July 2018, according to this year. But yeah, Pizza Source Rex, um, get your orders in now. It's uh, 168 pages uh, for 15 bucks, and uh, you
0: really anticipate it, and it gives you that extra month to drool over the
1: pizza. Exactly. Um, over at uh, Tokyo Pop, this is one thing I heard about almost a year ago that it was being teased that they announced that for the first time. Since the Disney Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas, we are finally going to get a follow-up to that. So over on page 450, we are getting the Nightmare Before Christmas, Zero's Journey, issue number one. I believe on uh, free comic book day they are advertising like a like a oh yeah a chapter to uh the Nightmare Before Christmas movie manga adaptation. I know we did have one here at the store, which I think somebody had scooped up, but uh they're always putting them out there to kind of reorder and stuff, too. So if you're a fan of Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, seeing it translated into um, comic books, and but now it's going to launch off with uh, Zero's Journey, uh, number one. Uh, unfortunately, oh, there is a issue zero for Zero's Journey, mm-hmm. too, which is going to be yeah. a free comic book day.
0: If... That, that seems somewhat fitting. Yeah, so, yeah. No,
1: I, I... <laughs> but yeah, Zero, uh, Jack Skellington's dog from the movie is... Uh, one of my favorite characters I recently uh, ordered through the store, a little uh, a little collectible toy of him on his uh, doghouse, and I had once uh, carved him into a pumpkin for one nice. Halloween. So when I see that Nightmare Before Christmas is continuing on in comic book form, focusing on the ghost dog of zero, I am all in for that one. Uh, over on page 484... Uh, Featured item uh, Star Wars Lost Wars Volume 1. We talked about manga. This is a manga interpretation of Star Wars. I think this is like an all new um, story. Um, Is that right? Yes. Just in time for uh, May the 4th. Um, the, the Empire can be seductive, uh, particularly if you're an aspiring young pilot, Thane Kyrell and Sienna Ree both know, uh, this very well when they enroll in Imperial Academy. But yeah, I just kind of, it caught my attention because, you know, Marvel has the comics license and I know IDW does some kids, Star Wars adventures. So when I saw Star Wars this far back in the preview, I was wondering Same. what was going on.
0: And you know, now that they finished, uh, star wars rebels you know a lot Mm. of a lot of star wars fans are going to have this void that they need to fill
1: and comics would be a pretty good way to do it yeah and this is uh advertised as a kids graphic novels uh series Mm -hmm. here i guess under the other books that they offer uh but yeah that uh, caught my attention there so i think if you're a fan of uh manga and star wars uh you're getting that blend
2: and uh having read the book it's based off of Mm. uh written by claudia gray um it was a good story it was compelling it was pretty dark and deep in some parts doing kind of a lot of evaluating right and wrong and the cost of war and um and through the heart of it these two characters um really seeing how they grow as people and how they always connect that was really cool and the backdrop as these are set between um like the actions of the original trilogy uh, so
1: okay
2: yeah so that's pretty interesting um but yeah, it was a good one. I saw this too and
1: thought it looked pretty cool. Excellent. Over on page 502, a featured item called I Am Gandhi, a graphic biography. Uh, Brad Meltzer is one of those creators that has this I Am series. Um, I know a lot of people, uh, they're pretty critically acclaimed. Uh, they have like, I Am Abraham Lincoln, I Am Rosa Parks, and it seems like it's a great... Uh, introduction for children to kind of learn about these you know people that may, you, know, you all see in the history books but having it being presented in a comic book form uh seems like it's a it's a good way to kind of spread the word of all these uh all these people in the world and brad Meltzer has this new one coming out so if you're a fan of those kind of series uh that's what's coming out next for him um. One thing that Jim had mentioned, uh, is there anything in the comic book stuff that you have to mention no. as we jump into the merchandise?
2: I think we're set, but okay. let's look at some cool merch.
1: This is one thing that I had highlighted, and uh, Jim, after he had his mini club meeting with you here at the store, he had a mini club meeting with me in front of the yogurt, um, <laughs> he had sent a message to the comic book club uh, group saying, oh, you should mention this. I'm like, yep, I already had it bookmarked. We are talking about the Ghostbusters Egon Spengler Proton Pack yeah. Legacy Series replica. This looks amazing, and um, I think at the low, low price of who boy two thousand nine hundred and ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents, just under three thousand. You can do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> so, so we
0: at the Crimson Call are going to have to look into starting some sort of a. <laughs> credit program yeah
1: like maybe there might be like a down payment off like needing to if you're you're interested in that um it looks great it caught my attention and i thought like oh is this like a backpack or something because they do a lot of that kind of stuff yeah and then i uh just immediately looked down at the price i'm like yep it's one of those items but uh yeah so if you're ghostbusters fan um just talk to david and kurt in store if you're curious about this and you know Work out a payment situation. <laughs> um, that was one thing that Jim wanted to mention there. Uh, and uh, Jim said
0: he for sure wanted to order one, right?
1: Yeah, he said two because he wanted. Yeah, he wanted one to keep in mint condition, one to wear. So. I
0: thought maybe four, you know. So he's got some for his friends. Yep,
1: that's right. So yeah, Jim, you can mark him down for four. That's I can confirm that here. Done. <laughs> Oh, you just uh yep, you just swipe the credit card there and alright, you're good. Um one thing I want to mention on page 544 are these mini bust statues. I'm not like a big uh, mini bust fan when it comes, I'm more of a action figure type of collector. Uh but uh I'm caught I'm caught between these two characters, um Huck, which is a mini series uh Mark uh Miller did a year or two back. Um, and then Revival, uh, Revival being one of my favorite series, uh, based in, uh, Wisconsin. Uh, the character of M is presented. This is the only merchandise related to, I guess, both of those, both of those properties, but seeing Revival and, uh, you know, these are priced at $98, you know, the little like mini bus and stuff, but, uh, that one's tempting because it is, you know, a Revival piece that doesn't, you know, exist outside of that, but, uh, Based off the creation between Tim Seely and uh, Mike Norton and Jenny Frison and all that stuff, but
0: and, and you might as well get it now before the movie is finished and comes out and is a big sensation and That's everybody's right. looking for them and the price goes way up.
1: So what do you, what do you think? Six for Jim? What do you,
0: is that? Six? I think Jim would love six of them. <laughs> uh,
1: somebody had mentioned here in the store. I think it was Jared when the previous came out. He's just like. Since when was Nerf in the previews? <laughs> this is the first time I can recall Nerf having such a big presence. Well, I,
0: it, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not surprising because uh, Nerf, I believe, is Hasbro. Okay. And um, there have been other Hasbro you know, items in there. Um, it always frustrates me when we're looking through to order stuff because a lot of times when they have Hasbro stuff in here, by the time we're seeing new stuff to order... In in this catalog in the previews, it's already hit yeah um, the, the the main uh, the main markets you know the uh, you know the WalMarts and the Targets and the Toys R Us first in peace
1: I'll bleep all those places out for the <laughs> I'll censor those places
0: but why buy them there <laughs>
1: <laughs> when you can get your so for all your Nerf needs come to Crimson Cow I think yes I we By pre order only but yeah. it, why would
0: yeah you know what if that's what we should do we should get a a bunch of people to buy some Nerf stuff, and we will have a Nerf War event here.
1: We'll just throw the breakables away. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> all the revival statues, all the Egon Spengler uh, proton packs that will be set aside for Jim. And
0: I just saw on t- uh, Twitter, but I can't remember who it was. I'm pretty sure it was on Twitter. Somebody had, uh, done something about Nerf guns and got all excited about it. Somebody from comics, I want to say. Not for life, for I me, mean, I can't remember why, and I wasn't sure why they were mentioning that, and maybe it was because uh, they had picked up a previews catalog.
1: <laughs> there we go.
2: Guys, I think we should have a Nerf war to celebrate uh, the wedding in May. Anyway, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we why go. Why throw rice when you can launch
1: Nerf darts? <laughs> <laughs> Frosting and Nerf darts, yeah, it's going to be a great you know combination. So. <laughs> um so yeah pre-order your nerf guns now um uh, funko pops always has a big section if you're a fan of jurassic park they're getting their first ever pops and are going all across the line um for some reason uh Elliot sadler is uh not on the list as you see all the other characters your dennis and your Dilophosaurus and <laughs> alan grant ian john hammond uh a rex velociraptor uh, but yeah, they uh, didn't want to spring for the kids or for Elliot Sadler, uh, Laura Dern at this moment, but I guess that's what a wave two is for. Yeah, yeah,
0: another wave. Wave but, two, or three, or ten, I don't I don't
1: know. But yeah, you see uh, Dennis uh, Nedry sitting there holding his uh, fake can, can of uh, shaving cream there, so <laughs> that seems like a good prop for, the, for that to have, and I'm sure it won't be long until they come out with the... The Funko Pop rides, jeeps, and stuff like that. Like I could see that being a pretty cool item, and maybe like a Funko ride, like toilet, uh, like <laughs> porta potty for and they'll introduce the scientist. And, <laughs> so those are all marketing ideas that, uh, if they're listening, I wouldn't mind taking a cut of that. On page five ninety three, uh, just when there weren't enough Monopoly games, the most important Monopoly edition to come out is going to be available, which is Deadpool Monopoly. Yeah. So I can only imagine what is gonna be hiding under the community chest and chance cards like when stuff all the words, all everything. <laughs> um apparently you can uh uh wheel and deal, buy vehicles like Chimich- chimichanga truck and uh steel friends stuff uh with the cheap chat and low blow spaces. So yeah, there's gonna be seems like Deadpool coming to uh a Monopoly board seems like a, a wacky It's cassette. great,
0: because, you know, kids love
1: Monopoly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there just hasn't been enough blood in Monopoly, if you ask me. It seems like this might be a good addition. But uh, if anyone's interested, uh, feel free to uh, pre-order that, and then maybe uh, present it on a upcoming Crimson Call oh, game night. Oh, there we go. It could be a Deadpool cosplay Monopoly game night. Uh, chimichanga bringing... B-Y-O-C. Well,
0: that would be that would be great. We could have, uh, you know, somebody somebody order one of these so you can bring it yeah. in for game night. We'll get some chimichangas or have everybody bring in their own or whatever's cheaper Do a chimichanga for, for me. Bar. <laughs> like, we could
2: just have, like, a chimichanga bar with yeah, all there the good things.
0: Go. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, yeah, and who knows, maybe we can make that somehow coincide with the Nerf War.
2: <laughs> we could have chimichangas at the wedding. That would be <laughs> <There's> a terrible <laughs> wedding food. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's, uh, put all of that stuff together. That would be an event it's gonna be a mess. for the record books. But yeah. <laughs> Why does this
0: wedding cake taste like chimichanga? <laughs> oh my
3: goodness. Yeah, you,
1: got, you got your frost. You got your, my chimichanga and your frosting. Well, you got my frosting and your chimichanga. And it's going to be a new, a new flavor mix that uh, yeah. no one has ever been bold enough to try um yeah so those are just some of the highlights that i saw there if you follow along on the facebook page i do go through and uh highlight some of those on sundays where i kind of go through the pics and show up some of the cover art things like that but this is kind of just doing an audible version uh which uh kind of gives you a heads up if anything sounded interesting feel free to uh comment and send messages to uh, crimson call on facebook or stop in at store And uh, feel free to sit down with the catalog. There's always the store copy sitting there, and you can go through and build your uh, pull list today and pre-order your merchandise and your Nerf guns and all that fun stuff uh, uh, for products coming out in May or early solicits as well.
0: And remember, order four so you can share with your friends.
1: That's true. Be like Jim and buy as many proton packs as possible. Um yeah so I think that'll kind of wrap it up for there, David with you uh, jumping in. was there anything industry wise and news that you want to talk about? We just jumped right into the previews. We have not talked anything specific um
0: yeah nothing um uh, no no big news that I've seen um, <clears throat> I think uh, i th- I think they tend to hold off on some of the release news and stuff until they get previews coming out and they're ready to start launching into some of the stuff so they don't give things away too far in advance.
1: We just had some Comic-Cons that kind of came out and they kind of revealed some news there. So, uh, C2E2 is going to be the beginning of April and a lot of comic publishers go there. So if there's going to be another wave of announcements, a lot of it might come from there. Yeah. And I've
0: just, I've just noticed that a lot of the stuff that comes out, um, n- not all the time, cause there's, you always get a little bit from, from writers and artists and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, a lot of times you'll get like big chunks of news like the fresh start news and stuff like that came out right before um the previews, and I don't know if they 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 plan that, so even though that stuff's not in there, you get stuff leading up to it, and maybe they like to you know hold off on putting out some of this news until uh readers are are about to be able to order things so that they can get ready for the big events i don't I don't know um I'm sure it's just like uh movies and stuff, they probably put some thought into when they, the the timing for sales on when they uh, put out certain news.
1: That did remind me that actually some news that came out of uh, one of the last Comic-Cons was um, Brian Michael Bendis, one of the news about his, you know, like starting some imprints and things like that. Um, apparently Frank Miller, did you hear about the Black Label?
0: Yeah, actually that that's great because I had forgot about that, but that actually just came out in the last few days. Um,
1: Non-canical stories within the DC universe. Frank Miller was brought in, like Brian Bettis' name has been dropped in there, I think.
0: Yeah, um, there's been a few names, so the idea is to do some of the the big, and they'll probably do some of the smaller ones too, but do some big characters, some some Superman and some Wonder Woman and some Batman and stuff like that, um, where they can do stories... Almost like in an Elseworlds fashion. That's what I was going to say. Elsewhere, where it's yeah. out of continuity, so they they can really get out there and and do more. I, I think this is meant to be like like maybe some of it'll be more like in line with you know like hey if I was going to write a Superman story um, and I could do pretty much whatever I wanted to with it without having to worry about the rest of the DC continuity you know what would I do and this gives them the chance to be able to to do some of that. Um so I don't know if all of it's going to be like really out there kind of stories or if some of them are just going to be, you know, some of these uh, you know, maybe some big name writers and artists uh getting a chance to do whatever they feel like doing uh with with these characters.
1: Yeah, so that that's one thing that caught my attention especially when I saw Frank Miller's name and just the whole like while there are so many books I follow continuity-wise, I do like when you can just get you know these one-off things that have nothing to do with that. And why not be able to you know tell a Wonder Woman story that doesn't have to you know where you have to read 400 other issues to crossovers and stories to make it work? So I'm excited to see yeah. what talent is brought. Well,
0: and that's always the nice thing about when they start a different imprint like Marvel did with the Ultimate Universe, and you could start reading some Spider-Man stories without going back, um, you know, 800 issues or whatever, uh, but of course the problem with the ongoing ones like that is eventually they get to the point where you're reading a lot of stuff, so this way it's just, you know, it's, it's a one and done, um, or who knows, maybe they'll come back and revisit a story and do kind of a, a follow-up or a sequel, but, you know, it it's not really going to be any more than one or maybe a couple issues of that you know, um, that character in that setting.
1: Uh, One thing I remember that Jim had mentioned, too, we are kind of talking about the structure of the club. Um, He had offered, and it worked out with this last week and this week, splitting up the previews, dialogue, and always kind of do a part one, part two, kind of go through the Marvel catalog and basically go up to Image, stop there, and then have the second week be uh, the rest of the catalog, which we did. And we were kind of talking about uh, club picks and just the structure of the podcast and the club and everything. And he offered a great suggestion. Well, we've talked about this in the past of like, well, Marvel and DC seems like the, you know, the go-to pick because they've got these big events and, and you know, characters that we all know through like movies and stuff. It's kind of easy to jump into that. But the image titles are always, you know, may not be for everybody's taste. And you know, I think a lot of people come to comic shops based off of the superheroes but then, you know, are led into other things. And he had thought, since a lot of the customers really love Alterna Comics, why not pick an upcoming number one from Alterna to use as a club pick? And I think, you know, since we do have a lot of people that enjoy that, they're very short. They could be a three-issue, a six-issue. You know, they have very short series that aren't a big 12-issue commitment with, you know, 40 tie-ins and this and that. So I think Alterna Comics is something that we should look into for a... Uh, yeah, I,
0: I think that would be uh, a good idea. I, uh, I think, um, actually, I, I believe every regular participating member of the club who, who you typically hear from um, in the podcast and comes to the meetings and everything have read not necessarily all of the alternate stuff, but I think we're all we've all checked out some of the alternate stuff. Um, so yeah that would that would be great it gives us all something to to look for um and 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 talk about um, oh yeah I think that's uh an excellent idea Yeah. Plus, plus plus any of those um those books aside from scrimshaw which is uh they're they're only ongoing unless any of these new ones are ongoings so that I haven't noticed uh most of them are are really short uh runs you know three issues four issues five issues um and uh so yeah i mean we can certainly pick an alternate title and that could be the club pick and you know we talk about that over the just those few few issues
1: and looking at the current previews there aren't any new series debuts while they do have a couple of them throughout the year but some that are you know have yet to come out like tinseltown and zero jumper things that you know since you uh you guys deal with uh Peter Samedi pretty directly when it comes to ordering that maybe we can kind of, even though it's not in the current previews, to kind of just jump in on either of these two if we can throw it up on the club page to see if anyone's interested in picking one of those. Um,
0: And and yeah, and if we don't have enough, I can go directly to Alterna and I'm sure uh, Peter and the people at Alterna would... Happy to sell me some some more of those those copies.
1: Uh, Zero Jumper is a four issue limited, and Tinseltown looks like a five issue limited. That each have issue twos uh, coming out in May, meaning that you know next month will actually what this month because they do every other. Um, sometimes,
0: yeah, I, a lot of their stuff's been every other, and so we um, should see
1: those series debut this month.
0: I and think. they they just had some issues we had um, last th- this past week. We had four different. Uh,
1: Sunitis, number one, if that's how you pronounce it,
0: Uh, I I believe so. Um, so, so we just had four come in, and I think the X, I think all of one, the twelve, yeah, I I think all of them had been delayed by a couple weeks, um, where uh, Diamond, for some reason, kept delaying them and pushing them back, and I don't think that there was really any any reason given to Alterna for that. But it got pushed back a couple weeks, and um, the, the great thing is is that you order the stuff directly from Alterna through your local comic book store, and they'll send it to you when it's supposed to come out anyways. But So, uh, the latest issue of Wicked Righteous, as an example, I actually got my copy uh, a couple of weeks before everybody else. Because and I had
1: to get mine this past Wednesday, so you're a couple of weeks ahead.
0: So... Um, yeah, that, that's a, a benefit to uh, the the Alterna stuff is that um, I've, I've been ordering that stuff directly through them. So uh, they take good care of us and make sure that we get everything that we're supposed to in time. And yeah, if we want to discuss an Alterna book and uh, we haven't already ordered enough of those, I will just put in an order with Alterna
1: and take care of that. I think we'll just say yeah, throw that up on the club page. That way, everyone can see the the image, and maybe people can just vote and say, all right, you know, how many choose this one, how many choose that one, and then take it from there. Throw okay. it, uh, throw Alterna into uh, the big three, if you will, according to Crimson Call Comics.
0: Yeah, well, um, they're they're pretty big around here, anyways, um, and uh, with with prices being typically around a dollar fifty. Um I don't think any of them have been more than a dollar fifty. Um I think that I want to say it was the, the chair when that was out uh and we still have some of those. Those I believe were only a dollar uh because Alterna, for those who don't know, they're printed on the the old newsprint style comics. So uh they're able to keep the cost down and uh it's it's great you can buy A couple of those for what you typically pay for a regular comic book and have some some money left over.
1: All right, good. And uh, if nobody else has anything to add, I think that will close it up for this week here. Uh, so if you want to join the club, all it takes is to say yes. I want to join the club. So everybody, welcome. Uh, I post the uh, things on Facebook too. Just comment if you have any questions. Feel free to join in on the discussion or wait out in the in the wings if you don't feel comfortable with talking on air. Uh, subscribe to the podcast and uh, kind of get a taste of uh, what we do here.
3: All right.
0: Um... Or you can even just sit out in the other room with uh Kurt while we're in here because uh Kurt always needs somebody to keep him company.
1: That's true. They have their own comic club uh, yeah. going on out there that we don't know about. I gotta subscribe to see if they're doing if they're recording it or not. So um, It is the secret comic club. Yeah. It might just be like cave drawings or something that they <laughs> you know, a different kind of medium for a podcast. Uh but yeah, I think that'll wrap it up for this week. Uh this whole time. Been Anthony. I'm David.
2: And I'm Katie.
1: To be continued. Thanks for listening. The Crimson Cowl
0: Comic Club is recorded live from Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles at 1749 Barton Avenue in West Bend, Wisconsin. For more information, visit us online at www.w.w. CrimsonCowl.com